Welcome to the Crack Adams Podcast. Today we have an episode with Jack Coyne on his rooftop. It was like 70 degrees in Brooklyn, and he had actually just gotten back from his two-week-long adventure where he pretty much spearheaded and started his YouTube career after leaving Beam. Since then, he's blown up, been on trending, got almost up to 200,000 subs, and is loving life. So let's get into the conversation, uh, interview with Jack Coyne. You've uploaded like five, or six, seven videos. I think probably about seven or eight at this point. Yeah. I don't know, I've lost track already. That's the vlogging lifestyle. And I think you're about to hit 200,000 I'm on my way, hopefully, about to. <laughs> about to. <laughs> could have just stopped. By the time you hear this, no. Um, it's been a crazy two weeks. Yeah. And it's been interesting because your vlogs have sort of been about what's been going on, right? Very meta. Yeah. Because it's like a vlog. Do we even want to call it vlogs anymore? Is it? Call is it not call, cool? Yeah. It's kind of a vlog. I'm down for a vlog. I'm down for YouTube videos, mm-hmm. short documentaries about my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, vlogging. But it's going vlogging. forward, it's always going to be kind of you telling the story day to day, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not totally interested in like a daily vlog of like, this is what I did today. Mm-hmm. I'm much more interested in focusing on one story in particular. Um, so last, last weekend I was at the dunk contest, the NBA dunk contest, and, uh, I did a whole day's worth of stuff, but the video was just focused on that one event and, and sort of my history of watching that thing and and why, why it was so exciting for me to get to go. Um, I very well could have started that video. It's the morning and this is what I'm doing for breakfast. And then this is what I'm doing for lunch. And now I'm going to, but I, but I think I, I would much rather focus on individual stories. Each vlog, every video has a reason, you know. Yeah, 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 and I think that helps with the helps with your thumbnail and your title, and and it helps sort of drive like what story, what am I trying to communicate with this video? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that dunk contest one, for example, was like I'm trying to communicate why this event is so special to me and why I was so excited to get to go. Um, whereas I, I guess I did do daily stuff when I was on a, in the RV trip just because there was so much fun stuff and it yeah. was so early and I didn't know what to do. And probably, like, I'll, I'll go on other adventures like that and, and do daily stuff, but I still like to carve out, like, one particular story from that day and focus on that. I think I think you get a lot more. You just can tell a more interesting story mm-hmm. that way. There is something special about being on a trip with a camera in your hands. Like, if you don't know what to shoot, just go on a trip, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I think I got called out for cheating, like, on my vlog by just going on a trip. Oh but no! I wanted to go on a trip—a journey of of self exploration. So, what millennial doesn't want to take an RV and go on a trip like that? And I think that was such a perfect way to introduce people to your channel. And let's just let's just talk about like the video that you made, <laughs> you at Beam. Yep. Was that just like a spur of the moment thing? Yeah. Was that passion? Yeah, it was. It 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 literally came from the heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I had no idea that what was going to happen happened. Uh, and basically by the end of the first day that we found out that the company was being shut down, I was, I was pretty, uh, convinced inside my head that I needed to make this video and started planning it out and thinking of it and turning the camera on myself. Um, and so I, I basically right instantaneously decided that I wanted to dedicate myself to YouTube, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and it was an interesting story. I think people wanted to know more about what happened and I think I could add a little bit of personal context to that. Uh, and then I also wanted to, there was a lot of things I wanted to talk about and like it added closure for me for that chapter to be able to reflect on all the things I did over the last few years there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a really nice jumping off point for me. It, it, it did happen super quickly. Like mm-hmm. as, as soon as I found out that I wasn't going to be working there anymore, 
the idea for the video came to me and I just started like cranking on it. Most of the videos where I'm in front of the camera with an idea of notes, but giving like honest conversation, uh, it usually takes me like two tries. Like I shoot it, finish it, look at the footage, then do it again. Yeah. Was this more of a like one take wonder kind of thing or were you sitting in front of that camera for hours? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I did. I did. The core of the video is in one take mm -hmm. uh, and then I added like a frame around it. Um, but I... I think like a day or two after I got, it happened, I turned the camera on myself and just started talking about what the experience was like and what was important to me. And then that helped guide the story going forward. Like what, it, because I was like sort of emotional at the time, I was like, okay, these are the things that mm -hmm. when I put the camera on myself came out and I wanted to focus on. So th there's, they're actually, these are seemingly important moments uh, in my career, in my life. So let me let me spotlight these and then go back in the archive and see what footage I have to add to this. And then after all that was done, I was like, I probably should add a little bit of a frame story on top, a little bit of an <laughs> uh, intro piece and then an outro piece of like, where am I going next? Because I didn't have that necessarily figured out right when I recorded that first main segment where I'm sitting in my apartment. Well, every single video has had that idea. Here's the goal. Here's the idea. Here's the reason for this video right at the beginning. Yeah. And I think that's what separates a lot of people from just documenting random vlogs of whatever happens happens versus you have some kind of expectation and then that steers the decisions you make throughout the day um it's harder it's pre-production it's planning it's thought that went into it and i think that's something that stands out uh from people just making vlogs and then the stuff you're doing yeah well there's two ways to go about it there's like yeah i know that i'm going to do something specific today so let me set it up and frame it and then uh, there's other situations I think where I'll have captured an event and then reflected on it after the fact, mm -hmm. and then I'll frame the story that way. So I know that I shot something that was interesting and compelling to me for a certain reason, but let me tee it up so the audience understands where I'm coming from. And, and often I'll do that after I've experienced something. So like, I had this idea to like make a video about the best oranges in LA with my friends, and we just like sh I, I was hanging out with them. We shot a bunch of stuff and went out, and then after the fact, I was like, "How can I frame this? What mm -hmm. can I? What can I add? Is it a text layer? How do I sort of organize this information so it's easy to understand like the story that I'm trying to communicate?" Yeah, I got that, and it seems like we'll we'll call your RV trip your pilot. Yeah, that was like season one. Season one, the Jack. pilot. <laughs> Renewed for season two. Uh, the main idea of that was like just getting people to go with the flow. You know, follow your heart. What was it do what feels right or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow, follow your instincts. Follow your instincts. Yeah, um, yeah. Follow your heart. I kind of said both of those things. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the ensemble. Uh -huh. It was such a big thing to grab those two guys who were fantastic on camera. It's different to travel with YouTubers who kind of know what they're doing as well. Um, and it seems like all of your videos going forward focus around some new person that you're trying to reconnect with or show what they're up to. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, it was a little bit of luck. I think the chemistry that I had with Colin and Samir, because we really didn't know each other. I'd seen their videos mm -hmm. and we'd met once before and, and, uh, in New York at, at the at beam office and we got along well. But I didn't necessarily know. It was a little bit of a shot in the dark. Like, am I going to be able to live with these guys for five <laughs> days RV. and like in an RV and like such close quarters? Is that going to be weird? Yeah. And we just hit it off pretty instantane instantaneously. But I think if you watch all five videos from that road trip, you can see the rapport is getting better and mm -hmm. our relationship is getting stronger. We actually did like the last video was called "How to Make Two New Best Friends," and like we really did become super close. Uh, and they were able to accomplish a lot on their channel, and I was able to accomplish a lot on mine. Um, and we're 
we may or may not be planning another trip very soon. Oh, that's really cool. It is. That's a Craig Adam exclusive right there. Wow. Yeah. I usually wait to the end to. Re- <laughs> I usually try to reward the people who listen to the entire podcast, but damn, you're getting it like six, seven minutes into the podcast. Well, you'll try to have to top that at I'll the end of the podcast. I'll top it. I actually got some other stuff. All right. I love it. Planned. Um, what is fascinating to me is to see like three filmmakers. Well, they kind of work as a pair, but like two filmmakers ish, two groups uh, shooting the same footage, but then their videos are completely different. Yep. And they were so interwoven. So when I was watching your stuff, I, w- I found myself going back to watch theirs and it would give so much more context into what was going on. It's fascinating. I like, I want to travel with other filmmakers from now on. Yeah. Right. So if, YouTube Red. If you're watching this, Ooh. I have an idea. Yep. I want to get an RV and basically like pick up YouTubers along the way and like everyone tells their own video. Because everyone, even if you're doing the same thing, you and I would tell a story in a different, totally different way and we'd end up with two different videos. If we had the exact same mandate, make a video about going to the store and buying a banana, we would have two completely, completely, completely different videos and tell completely different stories, even though the story for both of us is going to the store to buy a banana, right? So... Putting, packing a bunch of people who are like-minded, who have the same interests, into an RV and letting them experience and document life, I think you, you can kind of end up with a unique sort of multi-angled series of uh, That's content, perfect. series of videos. It's a carpool karaoke, but with filmmakers instead of music and an RV instead of a car, and you're going very far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Um, we should just come up with YouTube Red video ideas. Dear, dear YouTube Red. That, that seems to be like a thing that everyone's focusing on, like a series, uh, rather than just creating the next video that you think of every week, but like a mm-hmm. series of videos. Um, is that what you're focusing on right now? Uh, so, yes and no. I mean, I think certain things warrant a series. Mm-hmm. Like there was, a, there was a very specific, like sort of serialized element to, we have five days to get this car from here to this place. Um, it would have been a lot harder to sort of like, make a grander documentary about a five-day trip Mm -hmm. like being able to break it up into episodes that were just like the days helped i think just helped me sort of get a grasp on what the story was that i was trying to tell and and like i think my perspective changed in those five days like i i I had just like left my job Mm -hmm. and like left new york and went out set on on this trip so like i knew that i was going to be learning new things and figuring out new things about myself each day of the trip so it made sense to sort of break it up in that way. And then you never know what's going to happen along the way and, like, what the story might be on any given day. Like, we didn't break parts of the RV on purpose. Like, that just happened. No. And it, it ended up being, like, a, a compelling a compelling narrative. That tasty drama, though. Oh. I really didn't do it on purpose, but it's it's funny. It's a Jack meme now. The, uh, it, it really is. The Everyone's like, break more RVs. The, they weren't that upset. Like, when we returned it, they had been watching the videos. Oh, wow. Okay. It was like this middle-aged dude who uh, who like managed like returns, and he was kind of upset with me that certain things were broken, but he was also happy and excited to like meet us because mm-hmm. he had been watching videos as we long. It was yeah. really crazy. I think that was Surreal. my favorite part when you were at the laser tag or laser or VR experience place, and the guy working the desk was like, "Yeah, I've watched your stuff." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did not expect it for my first video to go viral like it did. I didn't expect to get a million views on it. And they're running into so many people who knew you and, yeah. like, taking selfies with them. Like, it's, I don't know, it's really funny to see, like, the little updates at the beginning of every vlog. Like, here's what happened since the night. Yeah. So, um, 
and there was a lot of time in between like going back to the idea that you had kind of just met or you were getting to know these people there were a lot in between there was a lot of driving there was a lot of editing (laughs) a lot of like let's turn off the cameras and like not do camera stuff for a minute right i mean you can't film all day because then it's impossible to edit yeah so you have to be a little bit economical about what you're shooting uh in order to crank out and edit at night and, and put it out um, so we had a rough sense of like, we're going to go to this place today and this place and this place, and we should capture those moments. And then, yeah, in between, your, someone would be sitting at the table in the back editing while the other person was driving, while the other person was figuring out where we we're going to stop next. Yeah. Um, and so having that little rotation in place, it was like, it wasn't really a lot of time for shooting when that was going on. Um, but none of it was like overly structured. We kind of just like, when something interesting was happening, picked up the cameras and mm-hmm. shot it. Um, and those guys like... My story was a little bit more about this is what these five days is about and this is what we're experiencing. And their story was much more about here's one guy. The Jack Corian Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's experiencing something kind of crazy and this is a big turning point in his life. Let's capture and document that. Yeah, and they put an education spin on it and just like yeah, it was crazy to see the differences between the two. Yeah, subscribe to Colin and Amir <laughs> if you're not already. They're yeah. amazing. They're based in L.A.? They're based they in got LA, the studio? Yeah. Okay. I've got to go out to L.A. Um... I was going to go back to the idea of like shooting it is one thing. How you package and present it is almost as important. And this idea of breaking up like each vlog is a day uh, versus I've tried taking an entire week with my Japan film that I did like a month ago, mm-hmm. an entire week of footage into a 40 minute super vlog. And I was a little nervous because like who I would never watch a 40 minute vlog. But that's doing well, so it's making me rethink like the traditional early up in the morning, start of the vlog, and then here's the sunset, maybe a little bit more footage, vlog end. Like It seems like most people just do a single day, but there's so many different ways to do it. There's no rules. You can None. do whatever you want um, and whatever is comfortable for, comfortable for you. Uh, I knew that when I set out on like doing YouTube videos, I wanted to be publishing consistently. Uh, I didn't want to be sitting on content for a really long time. I think that's where I've gotten in trouble in the past is mm-hmm. I've, I've shot vacations, but then I never took the time to edit it like while I was going. And then I would get back and go back to work. And then the footage just sits on a drive mm-hmm. forever. I knew that if I was going to like, I'm not the type to like go back into a library and have all this stuff and get back to editing it like weeks and weeks later. I need to like the experience needs to be fresh in my mind for me to carve it into a story. Mm-hmm. So being able to do daily was just helpful in organizing it that way. But I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think you should, you can and should be able to make an hour and a half feature length movie and put it on YouTube and hopefully, you know, people will watch it and be, and be fired up about it. Yeah. So there's all different formats. I mean, I spent time with these, this YouTube channel, Yes Theory, um, and they're great guys. And some of their videos are, you know, 15, 20 minutes long yeah. and they have ads like in the middle of the videos and mm-hmm. it's like, it feels like you're watching a TV show. Um, and they're fantastic and their storytelling is so good. Editing is so fast paced that it's like, you're like, wow, 20 minutes went by. That's like watching an MTV show when yep. we were teenagers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So do you like shooting or editing more? Um, I like, eh, they're different. I think, um, there's a certain moment like editing is really scary before you start. Mm-hmm. That's like really hard to start. You're like, Oh, like it's, it seems like such a daunting task. There's this mountain that I have to climb. But then after you get into the flow, and like maybe you like have your song picked and like you get a couple cuts that feel really good together i don't know if this is you but for me yeah it just like clicks into place and i get super super fired up 
Uh, and I think Colin and Samir captured that in their videos sometimes where it would just click for me and I'd like throw my arms in the air and be like, yes, <laughs> I figured it out. And then I'm like clapping and then I just like go mm-hmm. full steam ahead. But before you get to that moment, it's like really scary. It's like running, dude. You know, when you're like, when you first, the first couple miles, you're like, oh, this sucks. This sucks. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. And then like you, you like break through that wall and all of a sudden you feel incredible. Yeah. After a few miles, that's editing is the exact same way. So that that can be really fun, but it sucks at the beginning. And then shooting, I think, uh, for me, like I'm not necessarily like the greatest cinematographer. I don't think I shoot stuff that's that pretty, but I do enjoy like having a camera and experiencing something that's really fun and capturing that. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm doing something that's enjoyable, shooting super fun. If I'm doing something that's super stressful and I feel like I have to get the perfect shot at a job or something, I don't necessarily love shooting. It's like it makes me like nervous and stressed. That's know? fair. When you're in an RV and like having the time of your life, shooting is so fun. <laughs> and breaking things. Breaking <laughs> it's things. so funny. Oh my god. So what what camera were you shooting on? How was that experience? Yeah, I was shooting on the uh, Panasonic GH5. Um, flip screen. It has a flip screen. Yeah, which is tough because it's really hard to not look at yourself in the screen when yeah. it's open. So yeah. I would, I would like sometimes check my shot and then close the screen so that I keep looking in the lens. Cause it, it is, I think it's just human nature to like catch a glimpse of yourself and mm-hmm. see like, Oh, do I look, do I still look good? And that can ruin your shot. If you're like checking yourself out. Uh, did you bring too much gear or did you feel like you just had what you needed? Uh, I brought, I probably brought too many lenses. I didn't need, I didn't do that many lens changes. I did. I shot mostly on a super wide, and then I shot a couple things on a really long. Yeah, I'm trying to. Th- I couldn't. I couldn't really picture. I just like you had like a zoom lens for like vlogging, right? Yeah, I had like, a zoom, like yeah. a w- super wide zoom, and then I, uh, and then I had a, uh, a super long lens that was like maybe went up to a hundred that I shot some stuff in Malibu on the beach, like boats and stuff going by. But besides that, it was pretty much all super wide. Yeah. Which I would like to do a better job of diversifying my shots and capturing prettier stuff, but. I don't know. I was figuring out as, as I was going. Like, I didn't really. I wasn't a YouTube expert. Hey, and you had that drone, so it was drone lit, fam. And I, I had the drone. The drone was lit. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Steve Kaliski from uh, worked together at Beam. He borrowed. He let me borrow his drone. Yeah. He wasn't worried about me breaking it, even though I was worried about breaking it. I've seen a lot of people break drones. Yeah, they're easy to break. <sighs> I've stopped flying in New York City pretty much like I used to do whatever but I don't know Drone, drones are a little in, weird in LA and I lost control like it yeah. just like went away from me above like the Staples Center and I was like wow this <laughs> is gonna fall and kill somebody and then I'm gonna go to jail for the rest of my life at that point it's like try to just minimize damage yeah. like I don't want to be on a Twitter moment yeah. I just want it to crash somewhere by itself yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like please don't ever come back but just don't kill anyone <laughs> YouTuber crashes drone into Staples Center. Hasn't happened yet. Though. Oh man. Uh, so, a couple things that really slow us down. Because you're right. Going back to the editing, it is like a hill, and once you get over that hill, it like you know in your mind this is awesome. Can't wait to share it, and you just kind of want to get it out as quickly as possible. Yes. But there's a couple things that slow down the process. I think title, description, thumbnail. Yep. You got to perfect them, right? How do you feel? For me, the title usually clicks into place the same time that I have the story idea in my head. True. Like, when, it, well, as soon as the edit clicks into place, I'm like, oh, this is the story. This will be a great title for it. The thumbnail's harder because sometimes, like, the story's there, but I, like, I just didn't capture the right picture for it. And yeah. so I'm, like, searching through footage or trying to make something up uh, to, to highlight what that was. So, yeah, thumbnails tend to be a lot harder as, if you're figuring out most of the story in the edit. 
the title though it, it clicks as soon as like I have the I'm, I'm editing I'm like oh this is what I'm trying to tell this is where I need to go this is where the story's going I, I kind of have a sense of what the title is mm-hmm. they're but so important they That's, are they're huge for discovery that was it like we were pitching stories sometimes based on title and thumb wow so, yeah that makes so sense so to have that level of consideration I think is really helpful we, we uh, Chris James produces video about the real vape nation um, that was a huge, huge success for us, like our most viral video. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that did so well is like the title and thumb. It just like, I guess it broke the algorithm and was like hopped right on the H, H, every, H3. every H3 sub is like, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. Can we talk about your push up technique? Is it bad? <laughs> I think we had like a 30 second clip of you doing like 300 push ups. <laughs> they were, they were. <laughs> mediocre why were you why were you guys doing that i don't know we just started doing it and like the camera was out and like everyone i just thought it was a funny moment (laughs) so i decided to add it like the camera was just there for some reason recording and then as i was looking through the footage later i was like oh this is kind of a funny moment and it worked well with the song i think that Mm -hmm. i had so i was like this will like be like a nice (laughs) narrative transition to the next thing yeah um, music is always tough for youtubers too yeah you've got some friends who produce music and stuff though what's her name Diala. Yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing, yeah. She's incredible. Yeah, so we uh, know each other from the internet. She lives <clears> in New Zealand. Uh, and when I started this vlog, she's the first person I reached out to because she just makes incredible, incredible music. I mean, Casey's used her a bunch in his videos. Um, and so I do feel a little bit bad sometimes that, like, that's the style. But she's my friend, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So she makes great stuff. I have a really good friend, Henry Hall, who we went to college together. I've done a bunch of his music videos. He's got a bunch of stuff that I use. Um, are you doing and a music, I've gotten music video with him? We are, yeah. We're, we've done a bunch in the past, and, and we have another one that we've been talking about. So I might go oh, to shoot. Okay. shoot that soon. But I think on my channel and on his channel, we have something like 20 music videos that we've done mm. together. Cool. Uh, yeah, music videos are fun, so hopefully so we see fun. more. Um, so we're back in New York. We just caught you after, like, the long trip. Uh, what's it like being here? Are you thinking about staying here? Or what, what's your vibe for New York versus West Coast? Well, I do have a pretty sweet apartment, so it's going to be hard to give up. It's pretty nice up here. <laughs> it's going to be hard to give up, but it's, I have to remind myself that this is not normal, and it's going to be freezing cold like in a day or two again. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, like, I've, I've it was really important for me to, like, kick things off away from New York because, you know, there's so much of, like, I'm so used to this routine of going to my job and going to the office and, like, I have this whole life here that's very, like deliberate and and laid out and so i knew that if i wanted to make great videos i needed to like step outside of my comfort zone to kick things off um i'm working on a couple things here while i'm here for a few days uh and then i'm leaving town again i'm going on another uh, another couple trips in the next few weeks nice um to shoot more stuff outside but yeah i don't know it's it's new york's got a different energy it's not as welcoming to like a youtube creator i think to a certain extent like throughout the day like in new york everyone's in their office all day and in la everyone's in like coffee shops and like out doing stuff hmm. i think it's like a sort of a different pace uh and there's just i guess one example the um, lack of beaches is yeah, yeah. huge for me in la like if i lived in la i'd either want to be in silver lake or near the beach yeah. right the like, beach is nice yeah the beach is nice the beach is pretty far away <laughs> It's not very fun. I don't know. It's like Coney Island is fine, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
people on Twitter, like there's a bunch of different questions. Uh You obviously get a lot of Instagram messages and Twitter DMs, and I'm sure a lot of emails. Uh, like, what are the questions that you get a lot? What are, What are the good ones? Number one questions. Uh, can I mop your floors? I get that all the time now. Because that's Cause what in, you did. In my video, I said that I did that for Casey. I offered to mop the floors in his studio. Yeah. And so now I have literally hundreds of people asking me and thinking like I got like thinking that it's original it's clever yeah and it's like no like everyone is saying this exact same line Mm -hmm. but I appreciate it I just don't I'm not offering internships right now so sorry Uh, that's the big question definitely people want to know about music people want to know what camera you have I think everyone asks every YouTuber the same questions yeah basically yep like I try to just make videos that answer those as much as possible yeah. so it deters it, you know. Yeah. I, I need to go get some new gear. So maybe I'll make a video about the gear that I'm getting and then that way people I'll answer the the what kind of gear to use question with a video. Jump on kit? Might as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh I need to do that. I need to figure out like the best I need to get the gear first and then I'm gonna jump on kit. Yeah. Uh, so you, you hung out with Mango Street. They do a lot of tutorials and how-tos that are more specific and, I guess, SEO-based. Like, people searching on Google are, go- are going to find these videos. Yeah. Um, are you thinking about doing some of those? Like, even Casey and a lot of vloggers kind of just review whatever the new piece of gear is or whatever. I'm it- not a big gear person. Um, but I do think that I've had a lot of unique experiences working in a tech company, mm-hmm. working in social media, um, growing up in New York City. Um, I think there's a lot of things that I've experienced and done that people are curious about. And so, yeah, I'm planning on making videos about that stuff. But, like, I'm not the type to do drone reviews because I suck at flying <laughs> drones. And, like, I don't even know how to use, like, I barely know how to use a camera. So I'm, I'll leave that to the Mango Streets and the Craig Adams of the <laughs> world to, uh, to tell those stories. So we'll wrap up with some Twitter questions. Uh, we got a bunch. I can just go through a couple. And then we'll wrap up with one last question. And uh, it's so nice out. I yep. just want to, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Um, it seemed like you, you were f- fearless. Like, you've been shooting videos for a while. Uh People are Connor. Connor's asking, like, did you have a fear of vlogging in front of people? Is that even a problem for you now? Yes, um, I did. That's one of the reasons that I didn't vlog for so long. Is like, uh, it was like sort of like there were a few parts to it. Uh, I wasn't comfortable being. I wasn't comfortable filming myself. I wasn't comfortable necessarily like embracing being a vlogger for a really long time. And I also felt like any time that I'm dedicating to making YouTube videos for myself and vlogging for myself is time that's being taken away from doing my nine to five job. It was more than nine to five, but I was pretty dedicated to the stuff that I was doing at beam. And so I always felt guilty. Like I was cheating on my main cheating on my girlfriend or something by doing work outside of this work that I was doing at beam. Um, and so having, not having that job anymore made things a lot easier it was like a weight off my shoulders and I felt like I had a lot more access to just do that and dive into it and then the other thing is for the last six months I've played the role of host producer at beam and and film myself a lot so it was like practice like I was like figuring out how to tell YouTube news stories and I was being on camera and I was filming myself in all these different situations that were not dissimilar to vlogging Um, and so I just got to basically I got paid to practice Mm -hmm. for the last six months 
on how to make YouTube videos. So that made me a lot more comfortable as well. And then I'd done stuff with like the, the original Beam app was sort of like a vlogging platform to a certain extent on your phone. And so that helped me get more comfortable with it. But yeah, I wasn't always comfortable being on camera and I wasn't comfortable filming myself. It just took, especially in the last six months, like experiencing and practicing that I did become comfortable with it. Yeah. People will foolishly look at 150,000 subs gained in two weeks and look within this month at least of like how did he do that how do i do that but i think colin and samir were smart to point out that you've been doing this for six years yeah plus yeah um not only the you know learning how to produce and how to do videos well but the the connections like to get a shout out from casey to help push uh new traffic like yeah that takes like a friendship and yeah. and work yeah. like it's not something that just happens so yeah no I, I built like create relationships with so many creators and by working in the youtube space for so long for so many years that i can call up sean duras and say hey man i'm coming to utah let's make videos and he's down yep. you know yep. um and if I, it's not like a, a new youtuber couldn't necessarily do that so uh you're not a tech gear guy necessarily but are you a social media guy do you enjoy twitter instagram everything else or is it just like an ends to the means to grow your youtube like do you actually care about these other social media platforms i do i mean everyone loves instagram right i love it's instagram so fun. <laughs> yeah twitter's great i love instagram twitter is my favorite it's always been my favorite yeah, yeah. i consider myself to be quick-witted uh and and so i, I like <laughs> to just like make jokes on twitter a lot and yeah. so it's a blast I also get a lot, so much information there. I mean, I follow lots of different like media publications that I'm interested in and, and people, personalities that I'm interested in. And I think Twitter is like remarkable. I'm not a huge Facebook guy. I don't put stuff on my page there, but uh, Instagram and, and Twitter are great tools and super fun to use. Cool. Well, let's end with like a little treat like I foreshadowed. If uh, people have been listening to this podcast all the way through, I guess we should reward them for doing so. So you gave us you gave us a tasty little <laughs> yeah little hint before, but anything about future projects coming up? Yep. Wait, wait, wait. let's wait for the fly nylon to uh, go right by. So that's my helicopter. It's coming to pick me up. We're going yep. on a helicopter trip right now. That's the next part. No. Um. Okay. Cool. I, I am planning on. I've been talking to those guys about yeah. getting in a helicopter soon. I don't oh. know if it's going to be in New York or L.A. or where. Yeah. So that's one thing. I'm going to a country that I've never been before. Ooh. March 1. Um, I don't want to say where it is. I'll tell you secretly off the air. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm not ready to tell the audience yet because i, I got to sort of plan out exactly what that what those videos are going to be, but it's going to entail another series of videos, like in a trip form, like the RV series. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, yesterday I was back in Los Angeles. I was with Colin and Samir and we were getting coffee and we were sort of plotting another adventure that the three of us can go on. And so that's going to happen a little bit later in March. Um, so those are two uh, things that I'm incredibly excited about coming up very soon. Uh, and then, you know, a lot more stuff in April. Like, I, like there's been a lot of stuff that I've been putting, I've been trying to get into the calendar and, and uh, I just want to keep having adventures. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's two big ones coming up. Well, it sounds like you're really optimistic, and that that happy energy that flows out of your vlog is authentic. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, so I'm gonna start crying as soon as this. No, it's it's real. It's real. I, I mean, I'm genuinely so excited. I, I, I've been, I've worked, 
in some form for the same company since two weeks after I graduated college, like pretty much nonstop and like haven't taken a lot of vacations and haven't taken a ton of time. I've taken less and less time to make stuff for myself. So being able to rededicate myself to that in the last two weeks alone has just felt incredible and I I just want to keep it going. I want to keep the fire burning. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. And once again, thank you, Jack, for coming on the episode and sharing with us what it's been like going through this transition into being a YouTuber. So welcome. Welcome to the community. We're glad to have you. Excited to see what you're going to be doing in the future. And if you haven't yet, you should sub, get in early before 200,000. It's only going to keep climbing. So go and help and support his stuff. Thank you to the people who asked some questions on Twitter. I tried to get you in. But of course, if you want uh, to ask him anything, he loves Twitter. Hit him up. Uh, But thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you. Bye.